Transmissions podcast. It's been a minute. I have been traveling around, being a fool, uh, playing music for people all over the U.S. and it's been great. Uh, I'm actually on the road right now. That's why this intro sounds janky because I'm recording it through iPhone head jack microphone so it sounds like i'm in a weird space cavern it's kind of sick kind of trippy uh but anyways i'm in the parking lot of target uh using their wi-fi and um recording a podcast intro in 100 degree weather in tucson arizona and uh i don't have a shirt on there's some people walking by they're looking at me kind of strange I wonder what they think I'm doing right next to an In-N-Out burger, which I'm going to, I think, partake in after uh, I edit this podcast. But we've been gone for a while, and we're back. Sorry about the hiatus. If you are an avid listener, if you're a casual listener, I'm sure you didn't take much notice. But, um, yeah, this episode is with... Brett Constantino of Sleepy Sun. They're a Bay Area rock and roll group. They got a new record out called Private Tales on Dine Alone Records that just came out in June. And I wanted to line this up a little more with their release date, which was early June, but I just was not able to get things in order. Uh, to do that. So now it's a little late, but you know, the record's still fresh. The record's great. I suggest you all go listen to it, buy it, stream it. Don't stream it. Fuck that. Actually buy it. Go buy the vinyl record at one of their shows. I think that's the best thing you can do. It's buy the record from the band when they come to your town. If they don't come to your town, buy it off their band camp page. Anywhere where it's, you know, direct to consumer from the band, it's going to be best for them. Um, Anyhow, get off my high horse about you know keeping it real in the music world. Um, but yeah, we sat down when I was back in San Francisco a couple months ago. Had a great talk. Um, you know, I'm just revisiting the episode now, so I can't even remember what we talked about. But I remember it being a good, stimulating conversation. And uh, Brett picked some amazing tracks um, for y'all to Pete. We had to cut the interview a little short, so it's going to be kind of like an interview with a couple songs and then like a mix at the end, kind of, I think is how it's probably going to go down in terms of editing in post. Um, But yeah, I'm going to keep this short and sweet. I haven't done one of these little silly intros in a while, so I'm just going to get right to it. I hope you all enjoy it. Thanks for holding out and welcome back to the elevated transmissions podcast we'll be back in business again and we're going to keep it moving throughout the year so all right brett constantino sleepy sun we're going to start it off 
with the track It's Up To You from their new record, Private Tales. All right, let's get into it. Oh. 
Greg Constantino. What's up? What up, man? Dude, thanks for making this work. Let's let's make it work. It's uh it's good to have you. Thank you. Uh, on the Elevated Transmissions podcast here in uh, beautiful San Francisco, California. It is beautiful today. It is. This is where I first recorded the first episode of this uh, podcast oh, upstairs really? at this house. Yeah, with my buddy Matt uh, from Castleface. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think I listened to that one. Yeah. So, and then I actually had like a slew of homies come through and like did a bunch in like this one week, and so knocked out a bunch here. So this is. This is where the pad, pot, the pad, the padcast. <laughs> the pad. This is the padcast. <laughs> Dude, this is a perfect location. I think you should do them all right here in this little. No, it's nice, except for these motherfuckers working on this saws. house over here. Dude, so that house right there burnt down while I was here. At I was cooking when I lived here. I was cooking lunch, and the house behind me for everyone at home. There's a. The back of the house is you. If you know San Francisco houses, they're all clustered together. Uh, and the, all the backyards kind of touch, but the house that was directly behind mine caught on fire and I saw it light up and it just crept up the house. And within like three minutes, the whole shit was ablaze. And so I was like, ran inside and like got my roommate. I was like, yo, call the fire department and had to come out here, run down, grab a hose bring it up and then just spray the whole house to try to keep like, you know, the, the, uh, the heat at bay, the, uh, windows upstairs cracked. The paint oh was God. like, or the, the siding on our, on our, uh, house was like starting to melt and warp. And it was all crazy on this one. You can wow. still see like over there where that shit. You can feel side. the heat. From Dude, here. the heat was insane. And like, you can see how far we are from that house. Yeah. It was the hottest heat I've ever, uh, felt in my life. Wow. And it was it was bananas, man. It was it was one and like you know like we have all this like the um, landlord's um, like son-in-law is a contractor, uh-huh. and he has all this treated wood and like like fucking chemicals and shit and like paint and paint thinner and stuff like downstairs oh, underneath. Fuck. So I was like, it's yo, if bomb. this shit gets over here, it could explode. Yeah. And so, yeah. Did it, was, it burn down to the ground? Or it looks no. completely redone, at least the sides. Are, yeah. Yeah, they really did wood. a great job. But it was, it was d- devastated. Like, it was fucked, man. No one died. Everyone got out, so that was good. Damn. But, uh, yeah, man, that was one of the wildest San Francisco experiences I've ever had. That is crazy, man. This is a wild town. What's your wildest San Francisco experience? a good question man i don't i i lived uh, out in the sunset it was my first stint here we the whole band actually lived out there we moved from santa cruz okay and we lived in this what year was that that was 2009 okay cool or no 2008 okay that's around um, when i got here too was it end from, of 2008 from north carolina mm-hmm yeah, I mean, it, I'd never lived in a city before, but in the sunset, it's kind of its own little neighborhood feel. Oh, it's mellow, dude. You walk down the street, and there's you can at about five p.m. You can just smell most delicious Chinese dude, food. The food out there, the the dim sum shit out there. The dim sum is, is bananas. Yeah, it's so good. That place, Hong Kong Lounge. Well, that's not that's not out here on Geary. 
I've been to, uh, I think it's like Dumpling King out there. Yeah. I think it's on like 34th yeah. or something like that. I can't remember the exact, but that, some of the best homemade noodles and dumplings I've ever had. There's a couple spots that are on one strip. I've been to both and they're mm. both just phenomenal. I love dumplings. That's all I do whenever I'm here. Like I've been here for like three or four days. Every morning I go out and I get dim sum and I sit in the park or sit on the sidewalk and just eat dim sum for breakfast. Dude, that's it's the like, life, man. Dude, it's when I th- when I think about San Francisco, I'm Have like a dump. I'm like I'm going to go to the spots that I can't go to. Like you know what I'm saying? Like it's like and it's like the dim sum place, Taqueria Cancun, Shalimar, yeah. like there's a couple spots where it's just like I have to hit these spots when I'm here. Cuz you yeah. can't get it anywhere else. Yeah, know? it's true. Or everywhere else is like interprets that kind of food mm-hmm. and then it becomes this weird fusion that has no really that's just not grounded really at all. It's just like I don't want to eat like I don't know. There's there's just so much food out there, especially in Texas. Like the the whole like Asian Mexican fusion out there. That's what I call confusion. Confusion, <laughs> fusion, fusion. <laughs> no, I, it is exactly. I've had some good fusion stuff, but I mean, there's nothing like going to like an authentic spot. You know, like when you walk Absolutely. in like Shalimar or Pacuan or some shit like that. Shit is authentic, bro. Has it's, to be a little dirty. Oh, it's got to be a little dirty. Yeah, if there's not a little like, grime and a little <laughs> nastiness in there, I was like, I don't want to be there, dude. <laughs> totally. It's if the, you got a health food score of under 90 you're it's gonna be better for yeah sure. exactly Trust dude me. i love it i love it and people get scared of that you know like people that aren't used oh, to that sure. like they'll be like i don't know man might get like food it's like dude yeah, risk it for a biscuit my chipotle burrito yeah yeah you see go to if you're worried about that yeah go to chipotle i'll <laughs> never go to chipotle again in my life i think i've been once and i was like okay i guess this is like a cool healthy option for if you want something fast but it's like Dude, just go get this. Go get this greasy burrito. <laughs> yeah, I mean San Francisco really, I think, does have one of the best burritos. Mission Burrito, you can't front on it, man. The um, my personal favorite is Cancun. I really like their vegetarian burrito too, man. Like yeah. it's good with meat, yeah, but they're... even just the veggie is so legit. Yeah, they're good. I I like La Taqueria. La Taqueria is the jump off too. It's really, and yeah. uh, um. Place on Folsom Twenty Fourth La Playa, I think. I don't think I've been there. La Playa? I think it's called La Playa. No, I don't know it. It's good though. It's yeah, it's amazing. They have, uh, I mean, they make their own tortillas there. Their masa tortillas. Oh so wow! Really good tacos. Yeah, yeah. That's what's up. I had uh, had some pupusas too while I was here with this Ooh. little Salvadorian flavor right across that spot right across from the Knockout. Nice. Can't remember what it's called. It's got like a green awning. Oh my god, damn, it's so good. Salsa's so hot. Just like <laughs> drunk, like, you know, three in the morning, just oh, sweating, yeah. like just like bleh. woke up, no hangover. Oh, that's <laughs> it's a golden <laughs> ticket, man. Sweated it yeah. out, you know? For sure. That's oh, a smart man. move. Yeah. I can talk about burritos all day. I know. I feel like we're going foodie <laughs> podcast right now, dude. What the fuck? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Sorry. Yeah. I, no, man, no, it's free form, dude. I I it's just, you know, who doesn't like food? It's a necessity of life. Dude, it's one of the most important things. Um, but yeah, I was trying to think of like a segue from the there. The segue is food like music is multi-sensory experience. There you go. There you go. Thank you for that. That was a good segue. But music, well, how do we talk about music right mm-hmm. now? Well, 
Uh, I guess we could start by talking about you guys' new record. You're from the band Sleepy Sun. That's right, yeah. And uh, you guys have a new record coming out soon. What's the name of the record again? It's called Private Tales. Private Tales. And give me some of the like breakdown that you were telling me about, the, like the concept behind the record and what you guys were doing with the call line and all this stuff, because it's a pretty interesting uh, <laughs> approach you guys are taking. Yeah, I... I, the, the record title came from, you know, the process. It took two years to make. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had a little difficult. Uh, the process was just challenging in a number of ways, uh, one of which was when I lived in Austin uh, for two years, I think 2013 through 15, mm-hmm. where we wrote half of it. And we were emailing songs back and forth, um, it was like almost like a hip hop kind of stuff. Kinda, you know? yeah. It's it was like, weird. Yeah. It was weird to write music with this band without being in the same room with them. Because that's how you guys had done it. Like, We'd always done it yeah. that way. Yeah. Hmm. Um, the very from the beginning, like you know, things are created in the space that we share. Yeah. In a very like very collaborative uh, process, but Seems this was like, collaborative yeah. as well. But it was just completely disconnected in terms of the. The, the energy flow the future bro i guess man i don't know how i feel about it but i ended up like starting to think about the songs as a as a vehicle to to communicate with with the band yeah yeah uh, and You're like i need more kick drum <laughs> <laughs> dude it, yeah stuff like i mean like and some of the lyrics i would end up changing but of like it, yeah, yeah, like yeah. some of them there's like this one song. Uh, it was, I think, it was, it was the first song we wrote. Um, Which is kind of like it's, it's just like a it's like a mellow build of like a drone kind of almost. Yeah, right? with the vocals. It's over up it. to you. Yeah. yeah. Well, oh no, that's the beginning. Oh, that's the beginning. Yeah. Okay, there's, a, there's a song called "It's Up to You," which the title came about. Uh, we started like throwing back and forth some progressions and melodies, uh, uh-huh. guitars and vocals and stuff, and there was a question of you know, um, well, you're not, you're not adding enough or you're not being as responsive. Like, are we, there was, we're searching for that momentum to like, what we're email collaborating right now. Like this is fucking lame. Let's get back into the jam space. But I was in Austin. So it was like, it was the only thing that could really work. I can see that being frustrating. But so, you know, I think it was Evan that like titled the song, like it's up to you. Yeah. Like, (laughs) It's are like, we doing this or not? It's like, you know? we're here, bro. <laughs> yeah. You're, where are you again? Oh, in Austin, Texas, halfway across the United States. Uh, what do what? you say? <laughs> yeah, what are you trying to say? Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and and so, like, I just, that, that was when it really, like, that concept really kind of hit me. I was like, wow, what if I just communicate because communication within the band is like in terms of like coordinating things Mm -hmm. uh is a nightmare for us like nobody can really commit to it a lot of things are just they have to pan out i feel like that happens a lot oh because i mean you're working with more people like for me i have a totally different experience because it's like it's just me you know i've collaborated with people on projects before but you know i I can imagine that when the more people that are in the mix, the more complexity, not like in a bad way, but just, it, no, just, yeah. it just adds layers of complexity that mm-hmm. you have to be like, okay, we have to navigate this through five vessels rather right. than just one, right. you know? 
Which yeah, and that can be kind of frustrating, you know. Drive me you, crazy. <laughs> when, yeah, it, and I, I'm really envious of your your solo vehicle because it's it's got its pros and cons. Because you can do things like, yeah, I'm gonna, I gotta go out to California. I'll play some shows along the way, and yeah. like whatever yeah. works out is like that. That's see, we we could never do that. So instead, we were like planning our entire lives or like leaving our entire lives open. Yeah. And free because well that was we, what we wanted to do, Gotta but do it, it doesn't always happen when you need it to. Yeah, yeah, it's true. It's it's harder too. I mean, like I mean for me even just like getting older and just being like thinking about life more and like okay, like you know, like there's these things that I want to do in my life too, but I also still want to make the music and tour around. But it's like, is it worth it to do that if it's like not really financially viable? And like, so it's like this weird dance of like. Mm-hmm how do I make this work? You know, like yeah. it's, it's, it's complicated, man. It is, man. But I, I think like the experience that one has in a touring musical outfit is, is beyond any experience that you can have working a nine to five living, you know, in one place. Just the idea of traveling, bro. Like traveling and meeting people, like yeah, eating, man. Go, to segue back to the food, I eating know. different foods. I know, man. It's like, but that's how you meet people in a lot of ways. And at the venues, the other musicians that you play with it. And then also just like dealing with the, you know, the, the sleep deprivation and the malnourishment, yeah. all, the, all the shit that comes along with it. It really, like, I feel like it really can like forge you into like a better person. You know what I'm saying? Because it's like, it is like people think of like, oh yeah, you're going on tour, you live in this cush rock and roll lifestyle, and you're like, yes, it's not as glamorous. Yes, but also, it's pretty rough. You know what I'm saying? And, yeah. and it, I think it does. Mm-hmm. Like you know, you like you were saying, you meet all these people, you do the, you kind of have this hardship, like getting it together, making it work. Sometimes things, you know, at least once or twice on the tour, things are gonna go completely wrong. Mm-hmm. Like and like it's like you get exposed to all these new cultures and these new people and, and this new like environments. And it, dude, it really does. I think it's made me a better person. I think. Uh, yeah, I completely agree. And I, I mean, I, I wouldn't trade it for the world. All the experiences. That Absolutely I've not. But how long can you do it? Is the thing. That's the thing. You know, I look at people like, like someone like, what's that guy's name? Daniel Hicks or some, you know who that guy is? He's like an older kind of like, he does this weird oh. metaphysical kind of folky stuff. I think okay. his name's Daniel Hicks, but really just anyone that is still out there doing it and in a cool way. Cause you know, yeah. there's older folks that are like, oh, I guess we got to go back on tour. We'll just play the, play the record play and the like we're at the festivals and, yeah. and that's cool. Like no disrespect to them, but like people that are still like in their like sixties, and like weirdo fringe musicians that are like still like doing like DIY tours and shit just cause they love it. You know, it's like they gotta. Yeah. I wonder if those people, if the reason that they can afford to continue to be weird and doing fringe stuff is that they have some other thing going on in their life. Yeah. I wonder that like that, that's at least how I'm justifying yeah. doing something apart from music or they're just crazy. Or they're just genuinely crazy, <laughs> yeah. But like, and just living in squalor somewhere in the middle yeah, or, of the country. Because you don't need much, you know what I'm saying? Like, for sure. I've thought about this. I mean, you were saying you guys just got a house, and like, I was like, dude, I would love to like just get like a couple acres in like eastern Tennessee, like build a little shack, like just enough, like a just enough house to have like a studio and a little house. Obviously, this is when I get older, 
and you know just chill out in the fucking woods man that's the dream <laughs> that's always been music, the dream for yeah, me you know I, I know man it's and as i get older it's like i want that more and more mm-hmm. the question for me though is what what do you do how do you bring in money at that yeah. point but I mean, I guess learn coding. Learn. Oh my God! No, <laughs> that's the that's the ironic twist. <laughs> oh my God! Get a tech job. That is the scariest thing <laughs> to procure your like, I, country living. I would be lying to you if I said that I'd never thought about that. As I've a thought about it. I'm not, dude. You know, like I I think living here, there's there's all this anti tech kind of movement because mm-hmm. of how the city and the environment is changing and the social aspects of that, which I completely understand. Mm -hmm. But it's also like, man, like this is the new, that's the new industry. You know, we wouldn't be able to do this on the fly, like without this computer that Apple made and like this software and, and, you know, we wouldn't even be able to contact each other without the Facebook message or something. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, it's like kind of like a give and take. Yeah, no, it's a huge part of our culture and we're, in uncharted territory right now as far as really is man is how how the internet has is influencing what we do with our with our society but the thing that bothers me most is just the income disparity between those jobs and the service jobs the 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 art um i mean just even blue collar work man it's like the blue collar motherfuckers are getting fucked. I remember, like, I was I, except you're uh, if you're a muni driver. Yeah, yeah. If you if you got like in, in the city, and I, you know, I was I, I guess I started thinking outside of like the city, but like I recently turned off the like I went took Google Maps and drove through the southeast and took off the the Google Maps like highways and mm-hmm. just drove through the back roads and shit through the country. And man, like these motherfuckers are devastated by like meth and heroin and just the jobs aren't there and they're just fucking destroyed. And it's like, Mm -hmm. yo man, like that industry is gone, you know? Right. Those robots are making cars now. These robots are going to be like doing these production jobs. Robots are going to be taking driving jobs, which is, it's, when they talk about oh, we're going to bring jobs back. Shut the fuck up. Those are, those jobs will never exist. Or if they do, It'll be, you know, for another 10 years, maybe. Yeah. A machine will be able to assemble the computer or whatever it is. Yeah, man. Well, hopefully they'll be able to assemble the computer so they can get the people out of those damn uh, torture chambers that they're making them work in Asia to build these damn iComputers and shit. Yeah, that's the thing. It's like, do you really want that to be your job? Yeah. Fuck, man. It's it's a complex world. (laughs) It is, man. But, you know, there's negatives and there's positives. But I mean, we are, we are very lucky to be alive in this time where it's like, there's so much opportunity and, and with the, the connections that obviously like there's some, there's this weird disconnect between people now. And like, Mm -hmm. you know, like it's, it's strange, like everyone's connected, but, but disconnected Mm -hmm. at the same time. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. But there is this thing. It's like, there's this opportunity to be like, yo man, like you could live in fucking bumfuck South Carolina and get online and get a degree and figure out how to do coding and possibly get a job doing, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Or like design websites and then like right. go like be like, Hey, everyone in this community, you need a website. This is a, and then help. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So absolutely. It's n- it's a numbness though. Yeah. And which is perpetuated by 
the internet, I think. That's yeah. that's the scary thing is like, you know, at what point do we reach, you know, singularity where we just fucking explode because we can't, we have no feeling or ability to connect with people or know, the arts. It's like... I'm kind of ready for the singularity. I think <laughs> that shit's going to be sick. Dude. I it's think we might... psychedelic s- as fuck. Fuck yeah, yeah dude. <laughs> It's. I think it's fucking happening right now, though. It's, like it's getting there, man. It's like fucking... is it a is it a definitive moment or is it a period of time that is, you know, that is happening right now? It's like, it, but what happens at the end of the tunnel is the is the question. I kind of have this idea that like, the singularity, like if there's a moment, it's possibly like, a moment of like, uh, computers becoming enlightened. You know what I'm saying? Like there might be this like click. You know what I'm saying? Like that in my like weird little like psychedelic like spiritual mind. Like that's how I think of it. Like I can like imagine like this like, you know, it's like some science fiction yeah, shit. Like the like eyes the... opening up of this like AI being and just be like, hello. It's just like, what the <laughs> fuck? Fuck yeah, dude. It's already, I mean, that is like already happening with like Siri. I mean, that, yeah, I mean, that shit's old, but like, yeah. The, yeah, sentient robots. Well, that's that goes back. You remember you were before we were on the podcast. You were talking about like you know you put these ideas out there. Like they tend to manifest if you really put the energy behind them mm-hmm. and p- p- practically apply to reach the goal. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that's kind of one of our traits as humans is that mm-hmm. we're able to do that. We like we have these um, imaginations that mm-hmm. you know all these houses, all this shit, everything, all this is imagine someone's imagination and. You know, AI was someone's imagination. Like, all these sci-fi mm-hmm. writers in the 70s were rock- talking about this shit that's starting to happen, mm-hmm. dude. So it's mm-hmm. like, in this weird way, we've kind of, like, put ourselves into this reality globally with the com- with the computers and stuff, and it's it's kind of crazy. Yeah, it's man. It, crazy. It's mind-blowing. <laughs> I and mean, we're so lucky to be alive right now. It's It's an exciting time. I've thought about if it's, like, you know, like when people, like when the industrial revolution happened in the mm-hmm. Western world, like if people were like, this is the, mo-, or when the print press happened, it was just mm-hmm. like, holy shit, we can mm-hmm. communicate with like blah, blah, blah. Like that would have been crazy to be alive in those times, but like it's just pales in comparison to this oh. shit. It's like, yeah, it's like war kind of in a lot of ways though. It's just like, I feel like sometimes I think about like, I'm overwhelmed by all the shit that's happening. Yeah. And the contrary of that situation being one where there's nothing happening at all. You yeah. don't have anything, you're not inspired by anything in your life. You're just sitting, I guess you're in a, you're in a monastery at that point would be yeah. like the other, or ideally, hmm. you know, just sitting up in the woods with, you know, completely disconnected with everything. And I think you might experience similar anxieties. Like, I think so. I no think, matter what. I think that, yeah, I mean, I, I feel like, you got to kind of partake in the world. You know what I'm saying? Like, even if the tragedy is there, like you still have to partake and like going Mm -hmm. and just going out and kind of disconnecting is, it's not really the route. I mean, it might be the route to go for a while and then come back in, Mm -hmm. you know, that's, that's what they say with like the, like the Buddha and all these people or Christ or whatever they went, they had these like solitary moments and they gained this insight and then like brought it back to the world or whatever, which is like the hero journey or whatever. But yeah, you can't just go like out and sit in the sitting on sit on a mountain forever. <laughs> no, I mean I I'd kind of I couldn't, definitely I get bored. Yeah, it's it seems like I w- it would be a cool thing to do, but maybe I've passed that point. 
I do enjoy nature, though. I will say that. I love nature. I uh, I went out to, this isn't exactly nature, but my friend took me out to this uh, graveyard in the East Bay in Oakland that, like, you just, it's, I guess it's, uh, it's, you know, it's east, so, and it's, is it on top of the hill? Yeah, there's like these big hills there. And you can like look out and see the whole city and you yeah. see all of Oakland and then you see San That's Francisco. That's Piedmont. Yeah, yeah man. the name of that place? That was one of the most beautiful graveyards I've ever been to, man. It's gorgeous. Oh, so good. We just went up there, smoked a joint, and just fucking sat in the grass, <laughs> overlooked the damn city, that'd moving. It'd be, be a good place to be buried if you're going to be buried somewhere. I would... I don't know. There's a lot of a lot of people there. I kind of want to be buried like in the woods. <laughs> like, I think I want to be. Like, I think I want to be like burned up. I want to be destroyed. buried and then a, a tree planted on me. That's like my like ideal kind of thing. It's like fuck a gravestone. Just plant a tree and then maybe like carve my name in it or something. That's like that North Carolina buried. tree hugger yeah, blood. That's yeah. that fucking hillbilly redneck <laughs> shit. Right there. Just bury me under a tree, boy. I, shit, I don't care. I love it out there, man. Dogwood tree, state state flower. Just, just something that blooms in the springtime. <laughs> just make sure it'll be, it'll be blooming in the spring. Um, man, should we uh, listen to a song? Sure. Uh, yeah. I think talking about all this hippie existential nature shit, Alice Coltrane might be a good one to start that's off a, on. That was jam. first on your list. That's a jam. It is a jam. When did you first discover Alice Coltrane? Uh, maybe like... A few years ago, I heard that um, one with Pharaoh Saunders. The mm-hmm. uh, there's like kind of some raga esque yeah, tracks on yeah, there, yeah, like yeah, droney, yeah. really avant garde, noisy at times. Mm-hmm. I would and then assume it, so with that combination. Yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah, no, it's a it's a full on trip. Oh, hold up. Sorry. Go ahead. But uh, then, continue. but then I discovered this record. The this. Uh, Huntington Ashram Monastery, and it's pretty much all harp, uh, and just like tons of layers of harp, and it's really, uh, really transportive and um, calming music. I really love this record. This is my favorite record of hers, I think. Yeah, you know, I um, I heard her. I can't remember. It was probably it's probably in my early twenties or something. I was working at a at a sushi restaurant and my friend Hardy Cooper would bring in this one record of hers and I cannot remember the name of it but it was the first time I had ever heard her you know I had known John Coltrane and like the staples like from jazz because I was kind of into jazz like Mm -hmm. through digging for records to sample and stuff but then I had never heard of her and it shit blew my mind dude yeah it's far it blew my fucking mind I was like, you can do play harp like that? Yeah, and a killer piano player, too. Oh, really? Because yeah. I, I guess I just, I didn't know that she was a pianist. I just like I just knew her as like the har, har, harpsist. Yeah, you know? well, I think, I mean, she's just a multi-instrumentalist. Yeah. I think she just has like an ability to just compose and arrange things. Like The arrangements are crazy. She's a yeah. mad person. They're epics too. Yeah, they are epics, man. They, they really move you. Like they really have these like movements of like just intense build up and mm-hmm. crescendo. It's like mm-hmm. it's insane. Um well should we listen to it? Yeah, let's do it. So Alice Coltrane, Huntington, Ashram, Monastery. Is that it? Monastery? Yeah. Monastery? I don't know. 
I can't read Monastery it. or monastery? Monastery.
talk about it. It's it's so cool to these podcast style is just like it's similar concept to the private tales concept, mm-hmm. which is like communicating. Well, here it's a dialogue, but we're essentially communicating with the listeners yeah. directly. Totally. I, I like to think that. Well, I mean, that's how I feel when I like, especially when I listen to these podcasts, like, you know, we were talking about Duncan Trussell or somewhere like mm-hmm. someone like that, where it's just an interesting conversation. I just feel like I'm hanging out with people that are having an interesting conversation and I'll like be like wanting to chime in, you know what I'm saying? Like, huh. but then now you have people, you can engage with people because of like yeah. live streaming and Twitter and all these things. So it'd be cool to get it to that level to, and get it For to where sure. people are listening to where like <coughs> people are calling in. You're right. Yeah. I was joking on a nut. That trail, that trail mix, my buddy, uh, who shall not be named since the, uh, the company's not up and running yet. Just gave me some savory trail mix, <clears throat> weed infused, and he gave me some Cheeto cheese powder and some Cool Ranch powder to like <laughs> throw on some chips, dude. That I'll shit be is dangerous, man. I know. We, we were putting them on French fries the other night when we were out at the restaurant. Mm. <laughs> oh man, just sprinkle. Oh yeah, sprinkle a little, a little sprinkle, sprinkle, sprinkle a little that powder on there. That's what I told him. I was like, dude, you guys got to license that E forty song. Sprinkle me, man. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be oh, perfect. Would be It'd be great. perfect. Um, but yeah, like it it, it is cool, man, because it it does. The podcast thing does reach people in a unique way. You know what I'm saying? It's it's a different format than you know. You back in the day, you'd read an interview with somebody, or you'd see him like maybe on uh, MTV or something doing like a brief interview. And but they like, have scripted questions. Yeah, and it's real corny. You know, it's just like kind of like oh, so when's the record coming out? Yeah, yeah. And, the, and I, I feel like the answers that that come out of scripts, scripted questions, aren't. It's it's harder for me at least to be a completely candid about what yeah. I want to say because I'm. Make, it sounds trite, you know. It makes you feel trite. It's like it's like I have this little. I have like ten wor- you know, sentences, like twenty five words or something, yeah. you know. But like, and another thing that's cool about this is, rarely do people sit down and say, "All right, well, we're gonna sit down and talk for an hour." And we'll just see where it goes. Yeah. Like, that is so cool. It's fun, man. You know, I think it's made me a better conversationalist in terms of that. like, okay, small talk. We're going to stop that now. Let's go into a subject that is worth fucking talking about. Because mm-hmm. how how much of our lives is wasted by small talk? Oh what do God. you think? Like, so how man, many how years? Doing? Pretty good. What have you been up to? Oh, nothing much. Just, just chilling. Uh, just chilling. Yeah, cool. Yeah, I'm man, sweet, cool. Man. Well, good to see you, dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like, dude, I bet, I bet there's like multiple years of your life that are cons- like, if you look at the whole spectrum of your lived life, there's like a couple years of just small talk, which is oh. depressing as fuck. <laughs> oh my god! For the normal person, you know. And how many of those times have you thought about after immediately after the small talk? Thought like, God damn, I wish I could have just sat down and have like a really in-depth conversation meaningful conversation yeah. with that person or during a lot of times happening. probably not though yours you know well it's like know, not everyone's interesting yeah which I guess, is i guess I that's hate, just cold hard facts it. yeah <laughs> <laughs> most people i guess in their own way they have the potential to be i think it's it's really it. what yeah, it is is yeah. some, someone not opening up to yeah 
putting, you know, opening themselves up to the world or their interactions that they have. Or possibly even like, you know, a fear of rejection of like some kind of social rejection or something. If they're, if they talk about what's on their mind, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like, it's like, it's like, oh no, that that wouldn't be like socially acceptable or maybe Mm -hmm. someone would think I'm stupid or blah, 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 which sucks. I mean, I've definitely felt that for sure. It's a maturity thing maybe or... And also just like, I don't know, the older I get, just the more I just don't give a fuck about what... And because I'm still piecing it together myself. Totally, everyone is. And so just because I'm maybe more vocal about it now, and I I definitely am capable of saying some offensive things, but that doesn't mean that... That means that's just me like working it out like vocally, right? Well, that's what I feel about... Vomit really is a lot of it, but this there's a thing in our culture now where like you kind of you you got like and you know i don't even want to get in too deep into this but like the whole idea of like political correctness it's like let me say my dumb shit that i think and then if i fucking am stupid correct me on it in a in a in a conversation but don't just be like no you can't say these things there's certain ways that you can't it's like no let me be dumb and then if i'm dumb tell me about it yeah right let's talk about it yeah and then i and i will be happy to admit Exactly. If I'm, if, exactly. hey, you know what? That was really stupid. Yeah, that was rude. Bad, I yeah. didn't consider that that might offend that person. And then, yeah, tell me why. And then we can have a discussion about it. Yeah. But then I found when I start to have those conversations with people, mm-hmm. they're very, very tense. Yeah. And it's, these people aren't, a lot of people aren't willing to have a fucking conversation about things. Yeah. And they've got it all figured it out. Yeah. Yeah. Like everybody's, well, I mean, like, what? It's just, <sighs> I don't know. It's postmodernism, man. <laughs> hey, <laughs> I'm, I'm down, but it's just like, we need to, we need to be better about. I just think dialogue is so important. And, and the, and the, again, like not worrying about if you're going to be wrong it's like, you're going to be wrong so often. Again, how many years of your life, if you look back at your lived life, are you wrong? It's like 20 years of being wrong, you yeah. know, like in your whole, of like if you add up every time that you had an idea or, or, and then you end up being wrong and then you learn from that and you grow, you know, it's like That's people don't want to the grow. They think they can reach this point mm-hmm. and you know, this is a broad generalization. I'm not trying to put a, a bunch of people within it, but I think human beings in general, we like to think we got this ego thing where we're like, no, I, I kind of get it. I mm-hmm. understand what's right. going on. Right. I have these ideas about the world and this is the way the world works. But it's like, no, you don't have ideas. This was a dope quote. It was like, you don't have ideas. Ideas have you. I think it was like a, a young, young mm. quote or some shit. I like that. Which is sick. Yeah. It flipped my lid when I heard <laughs> it. I was like, you know, you're actually right. Like if you think about all the ideas you have about the world that like maybe don't come from your personal experience, like... They're not really your ideas. You're just you're just like, oh, that sounds good, and I and I and I like have a parallel kind of like you're in tune with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like a frequency or something. For sure, I find that way like with like certain art forms mm-hmm. that I maybe when I'm first exposed to them, I always use the Velvet Underground like White Light White Heat record <laughs> as an example because when I first one. heard it, you're like, well, this is garbage. Yeah, it sounds like fucking shit. <laughs> What, what is this? And then, and now it it is, and then, you know, then the next time I listened to it, you know, I was a little bit, I heard other things. Mm -hmm. I started, whoa, that's interesting that 
he's just so candid about his heroin yeah. addiction yeah. And, or, and then the, and then I got into the Sonics, but each time I listen to that record to this day, I hear something new. Yeah. And that's because I think it's just my place in time and context of this record. Totally. And that, that it's a hard record too. Yeah. It's like, you have to put an effort mm-hmm. to really understand it. And, I, I find a lot of the stuff that I like musically and artistically the most is stuff that I that I kind of hate initially yeah or, or don't understand so I'm just like eh, I kind of reject it but then yeah like you were saying like you have a little more context and maybe a little later on down the line you kind of understand like where it's coming from more or just like for whatever reasons like you are exposed to more the things that were maybe possibly inspired by it that you can kind of understand and grasp it and then you're just like oh. Yeah, and that shit was like that this whole time. Yeah, you didn't just because you couldn't understand it right from the gate is that's it right there. Doesn't mean that it's like discounted in any way. Dude, one time (laughs) I was at uh, what's that bar on um, on uh, it's Gary like Trader Sam's or whatever. Uh, That's where you get the scorpion bowls or whatever. You know that spot? It's like one of the original tiki bars. Yeah, and we were in there. And I was, we had been day drinking all day and, and they had a uh, white light, white heat on the jukebox. And I was like, <laughs> man, I want to hear Sister Ray right now. <laughs> and it was like full of like, not to judge these people too harshly, but kind of just like normal, normal normies. Okay. Normies. Normies. They'd be put off by the, the screech of And I, so John I put it Kim. on and, you know, the song's like 18 minutes or some shit. And yeah. like people are kind of just like, but it kind of falls into like, you know, this total just. and by about like 11 minutes people were just like i saw them standing around the jukebox they had put money in and they were just like frantically frustrated frustrated about like what was happening like why isn't this song ending and i was just like in this like weird like kind of maniacal like drunken state like over i fucking love that (laughs) i love that that is i felt like such an asshole but it was kind of funny i love I feel like Lou Reed would have been proud. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, prouder if you were to shit on his face, apparently. (laughs) Or something. But, dude, it's that, that I love, I love feeling uncomfortable myself. Like, I I like, that's, to be honest, that's kind of why I like to smoke weed. Me too. Me (laughs) fucking too, bro. Really? It makes you confront some shit that you're really uncomfortable with about yourself. (laughs) And you're just like, you're like, okay, got to ride this one out. (laughs) Yeah, dude, that is funny. That that's, I've never met anyone that felt that same way. I do really feel that way, man. It's like, it's a cool thing to like challenge your comfort zone. It's like we were saying about touring it, like challenges your comfort zone. makes you grow. Because when you, you come out of that, you, you've lived through some shit. I had a moment last night where I was at this, uh, I was, I went to see that band Woods and mm-hmm. smoked a big old joint and had been like kind of going back and forth, uh, with a girl online about something actually having to do with Lou Reed. And, uh, I, it just made me really go in depth into the whole conversation and her point mm-hmm. and, and, and to me it exposed this kind of hypocrisy within my initial argument. I had kind of like, there was a, the, to give some context, I guess like there was like, um, some students included walk on the wild side and some playlist. And then, uh, they removed it because they thought it was transphobic. And then there was this kind of like thing. And then people were, it got to some news and some of the old 
people in the scene with Lou Reed were like, this is crazy, blah, blah, blah. Mm. And I posted about it and just, I did it in like a cynical kind of like jokey trolley way. Mm. And a friend of mine that I know from San Francisco, she lives in Mexico city, but she was like, Hey, like you should probably like consider these aspects of this. And I was like, yes, I should. And I will, but also this, here's my side of the argument. And we kind of went back and forth and she had some great points and I feel like I did too. Mm. Um, and you know, I messaged her afterwards. I was like, Hey, thank you for like engaging with me. Like I really appreciate like this kind of like dialogue on these things. But it, when I analyzed it further, I was, I, I had initially ended up with like not fucking with tribalism. Like it's a bad thing for humanity. But when I had initially made the post, I put this like kind of cynical troll that created like this divide mm. to promote, almost like this tribalistic thing. And it like, and I was sitting there stoned as fuck at this concert and they like, it dawned on me. I was like, that was so hypocritical, bro. Like, what the fuck are you talking about? Right. And I was like, fuck. <laughs> God damn it. But it was so good to like, yeah. to like really work that out and be confronted with this shit that was stupid of me mm -hmm. to do in the first place. And so right. it was like this realization of like a flaw that I can work on. Right. And, and that's what weed right. for me really does, you know? Absolutely, man. Absolutely. And it, it kind of like lessens stress sometimes too, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Well, then now I'm like getting more into like the CBD aspect of oh, yeah, marijuana, man. which is like, it's a whole different thing, you know? It's because um, you can get stuff that, doesn't affect you neurologically at all. Yeah, like, yeah. You're just, oh, yeah, no. I had some uh, 8 to 1 ratios, like 8 to 1 CBD. Yeah. My friend Dylan had some the other night in a vape pen. And yeah, it's 8 like, to 1's good. It's yeah. good for like inflammation. And oh, I was trying to get my grandma some, but she was too scared to take it. Yeah. She was in North Carolina. Well, you're going to so. start jumping out of windows. Well, she was like, it was so funny. I was like, Grandma, you got to get these CBDs. It's because she has like angina and mm -hmm. like all these. Um, you know, uh, issues with inflammation. And I was like, this stuff's really good for it. She's like, well, I don't know. I just no. don't think I just, yeah. but I was like, then look, I'm... it doesn't get you high. Like it's, it's just relieves the inflammation. She's like, well, at this point in life, maybe I should get high. And I was <laughs> yeah. like, yeah, you should. And then, but then she like, then she like, and she like yeah. got scared again and didn't do it. I could, my grandma would never go for that. Yeah. She's old school. She's just old and she's just, she's in her early eighties and she constantly reaffirms to herself that she's too old to do anything and her brain doesn't work anymore. Way. And I'm yeah. like, you're just, you're saying that to yourself and to me over and over again. It, it must be true. You know? Well, it goes back to that thing. It's like, dude, you see people that are 80 years old and they're swimming laps in a pool and they're, you know, they're in good health. And I mean, maybe they might die the next day of a heart attack, but they're like living this full life of being active and all this yeah. stuff. And, and everyone's body is different too. Like there's different, different strokes for different folks. But mm -hmm. I mean, for me, I don't know how old you are, but I'll be 36 this year. So for me, I'm like, dude, like the older I get, the more I have to be exercising yeah. and like active and like yeah. doing shit or you just start to fucking yeah turn into I a mean, rock for sure I, I i'm 32 i feel like yeah i feel like i could easily just start to like you you're just shriveling up like yeah, dude. punching and you're just like cramped and grumpy and i can just feel i could s so easily imagine myself going down that path but i'm not going to yeah. because <laughs> because i'm aware of it yeah yeah, yeah. you know I, I, you just feel better when you're moving man when you're like active and you're 
body's loose. Yeah. It's just it's so much better for the mental clarity, man. Yeah. Yeah. Exercise is key, man. I was before I moved uh to Woodland, I was going on hikes up in Joaquin Miller oh, shit. in East Bay, like few times a week that shit is gorgeous that's so good man it's so good i love getting out there and just like moving that's my favorite part again about traveling is like dude like i'll just if i have a day just go walk around like i was in chicago the other day and i'd never been there and i was I had the afternoon just had to go to milwaukee later that day so it's just like a two-hour drive maybe and i was like you know what fuck it. i'm gonna go to some record stores and just walk and just spent you know, like five or six hours just walking around nice. and it just felt so good. And it's like, got to know the city. And that's what I love doing when I'm here. Just walking around. You looking know, at all the you weird know where you are too. Yeah. It's like, you're not staring at a navigation. <laughs> exactly. Like I, I'll definitely do like, okay, here's the like star. I'm going to star this on yeah. the navigation. So I have some context when I'm in. Yeah. These. Yeah. But then there's sometimes when you're walking around, you're like, Ah, this neighborhood. <laughs> this is There's just nothing the good happening here. Make the wrong turn. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which is like part of the part of the shit. So it's like, yeah. But even then, it's like, what's gonna happen? I feel like you could just as easily be. I don't know. I've never really felt like in danger. Me neither. I've I mean, I feel like I've been into some pretty like, like sketchy places in my in life. Europe. I definitely in Europe have. for sure. Yeah. I guess in like, yeah, Barcelona was, we got robbed there. Oh shit. Yeah. What happened? Um, well we were like, before we were loading into the venue, we, we had like an hour to kill, go to the beach mm-hmm. and you know, we're in Barcelona. Yeah. Fuck yeah. It's like, it's beautiful beaches. Ha- like half a mile from the venue. Yeah. yeah. Which venue? Uh, I can't remember. It was a dark night. Yeah. I, yeah. Um, but anyway, in we more were ways than one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And dude, and it, it was, it was, so we, we parked along the beach and we're in our, in our little, in our sprinter and I left my bag in the car. I was like, you know, I had my computer, my, just a lot of like valuable shit, yeah. which is my bad. I, oh, man. Yeah. and everyone else put their shit in the, in the cargo space, which has a key. Yeah. And um yeah we were at the beach for less than an hour and i came back and was gone but then we later found out that these these criminals have somehow hacked the electronic key fob for the mercedes sprinters get the fuck out of here so So it's like everybody uses those in europe everybody uses them yeah Yeah. and they know they know what they look like oh yeah and that's just full of thousands of dollars worth of musical equipment syndicate bro and then it's I, I think some like alert system goes off when the car is locked huh so when they strike is 15 minutes after you Whoa. leave the car Damn. which is the lowest or the the biggest window in terms of yeah risk for them and they just unlocked it oh any bags in here yep fuck and that's then, crazy and then later that night we're loading out the venue we parked the van outside the venue, loading it out through this alleyway and staging the gear at the near the van. Uh-huh. And this dude walks by and just grabs the snare drum and the kick pedal. And <laughs> I am fucking about to fucking Oh, I'm sure you're murdered this guy. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> I fucking go up to him and, and I just, I thought I, I am not a very like confrontational person. Totally, like, totally. But I was 
afraid that I was going to lose it. Like, and I was just in his fucking face. Like, yeah, just one move from him, but he just gave it, he gave, set it down and walked away. But it was, it was a heavy, heavy night. And then later that night, <laughs> the people we were staying with asked if I wanted to smoke DMT and I was already really drunk and yeah. stoned and, so that was yeah. I couldn't do that. I couldn't do that. I, so you I, didn't do the I DMT. didn't. I didn't. But that was and that was the only time I've ever been offered it to, and I I def, definitely have regrets. But I also don't think it would have been the best. Yeah, maybe time for it. it. Well, you know, I've only done DMT when I've been drunk, and I actually have the fun, a funny story. The first time I ever did DMT, I was like, uh, I was at the Casanova, and the Black Lips were in town. And I had like hollered at them and I was on Twitter and was like, hey, you guys are in town. You got a night off. What's up? Let me buy you a drink. And because uh, I had kind of like met them around South by Southwest and stuff mm-hmm. and been in contact a little bit. And uh, so we met up and fucking Cole's like, he's like, you want to be my wingman on some DMT? And I was like, yes. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> the weirdest shit ever. And so we go to this dude's house that I guess he knew from Atlanta that lived here that had this like weird like... You know those houses in the Soma where it's like people that do a lot of hallucinogenics but probably work for the tech company? So it's like, it's a dope space, but it's just like weird and mm-hmm. like, they're probably burners too, you yeah, know what I'm saying? I know exactly. Exactly, yeah. yeah. So we went up to one of these spots and smoked some DMT. I didn't get the best hit of it. I'd gotten the better like hits like later on when I tried it. But it was just so weird. Just I was like, I remember like smoking and kind of fading out and just like looking over and like Cole's like f- f- sliding <laughs> off the couch. He's like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. <laughs> I guess he had never smoked it either before. And I was just like kind of went into like the space, like a little bit of the space, like seeing that was just like, this is a weird reality. Do you remember anything from it? It was, uh, you know, I kind of, it kind of got mechanical and I got some of the like patterns, uh, the like patterns and geometric. stuff, but I hadn't, I didn't go as far as I have gone, which I don't think I've gone all the way. Cause usually when I, every time I've smoked, it's been when I've been drinking. So mm. I think the best thing to do is you just don't drink. You yeah. just like, you got to take like a couple big tokes and then just like, wow, I really want to. And it just lasts for like 15 like minutes or something. Yeah, man. And then it's just like, you wake up and you're just like, oh, that was cool. You kind of uh, the, the no experience like fog fleet. or anything or like not really man not really you're yeah. kind of I mean you're a little confused because you just really had this like intense spiritual experience but then you come back and you kind of ease back into wow. it and you're just like cool all right I'm gonna go to work <laughs> yeah yeah back to the grind <laughs> back to the gold grindstone um, should we listen to another track Let's do it. I think maybe Bitch and Bajas and Bonnie Prince Billy. Cool. Since we're t- talking about DMT. <laughs> that's a that's a good one. Um Where'd you uh where'd you first hear this this cut? I mean obviously um, these well, two bands I, are kinda Yeah, I got I've I you know, I've obviously I've heard Bonnie Prince Billy throughout the years. Never like I don't know, I, I respect what he does, but it just wasn't my thing. I, you know, it, it, or it still isn't my thing, but maybe it is now, you know, it's like we were talking about like the context of like, at what point do you, are you able to understand this yeah, music? Totally. Um, about what he was trying to do. But then I, I knew of bitch and Bajas, uh, just as their ambient, like synth Raga jams. I love that shit, man. I, They're so I, cool. I, I love it. 
but this this track is just the whole record really is just positive affirmations so i heard about how this record was made do you know about like the the like his thing like the about, fortune teller yeah, or the fortune cookie fortune thing? cookie thing yeah isn't that fucking crazy yeah i and i thought that was brilliant like just being just saying conceptualizing a whole record around that and essentially they're just mantras yeah. you know and so this song particularly spoke to me because it's called uh your hard work is about to pay off keep on keeping on yeah. and it's just like it real i really felt like the kind of the cleansing aspect of the song and and just like hearing that over and over again and singing it to myself yeah was like really felt good at a time that i was really overwhelmed with all the shit that was going on and totally totally and uh and i just just kind of like having faith that shit is gonna work it's gonna gonna be all right it's gonna be all right man we're alive and breathing um yeah so let's check it out bitchin bajas and bonnie prince billy your hard work is about to pay off keep on keeping on Keeping on, y'all. Brett's over here rolling this spliff real quick. So, um, yeah. So, I heard I heard about the the contextual aspect of this of the album via the Aquarium Drunkard podcast, which is a really cool podcast, man. Yeah. Um, and 
I remember they did one about the Velvet Underground too that was cool that was like how many how much more recordings might be out oh, there. Oh yeah, I haven't listened to that yet. Yeah, it was pretty sick, man. I was like, God, I hope there's a lot. <laughs> Fuck yeah, man. And the shittier they sound, the better. Some of those demos, man. Dude. There was, uh, my buddy had one. I uh, I DJed his wedding and uh, my buddy James and Brianna. And um, they had a demo of, what the fuck? It was one of the ones from, um, like the, was it the self-titled, the second one? That's got some of the more mellow jams like Pale Blue Eyes. And yeah, yeah, one. yeah, the it's, self-titled yeah, one. Yeah, so it's like a, one of the more like lovey-dovey songs. But dude, the demo is just so beautiful. It's so There's beautiful. like a full record of all the demos from that I song. Think so, that yeah. record, yeah. Yeah. I gotta check that out. Yeah, there, there's some of them too that are like live recordings of mm-hmm. like just noise session. Like an entire hour of like noise that's awesome dude. i forget what that one's called goddamn john kale and his droney weirdness. that guy is fucking brilliant you ever listen to any of his 70s stuff yeah uh like i love violence vintage violence and, yeah, yeah and um and paris 1919 is paris good 19. and then there was some shit he did with uh teddy riley too that's really dope they did like I one record that. together and i can't remember the name of it but it's just weird weirdo experimental shit i saw him at the regency if number of years ago were you at that john kale yeah no uh it was how was it fantastic and it was interesting because some of the players that he had with him uh and their tonal choices Mm -hmm. were questionable i like Hmm. really solid like he probably had like the the guitar player was like maybe used a solid state amp and Mm -hmm. just had some like you know his steez was didn't really like wasn't like hip or whatever which yeah, which which yeah. i and i i really appreciate like somebody as, as as much of a trendsetter as john cale has always been uh-huh. to like have members like that that are so anti like pop culture yeah. and and even for someone like me that's like uh obviously i'm a huge fan of him and you know especially his tones like he's the he's tone, the tone God, master. He's the tone master. It's true. So it Tony made tone. me just it like like the tones that he used by choice. I they mm-hmm. were like they they've. I went through that same reaction as I always do when I first hear his music. Is but, that it's like is, is that does that sound good? But that I wonder if that would be something that he would do on purpose to I challenge. Think, I absolutely think so. Because like everyone kind of expects this like the sound or tonality from him and then he's like, oh well that's what you want. Well let's do this other thing. You know? I which I would think be so. in his which would be in his lane, you know, to do because he is uh, like, you know, by he's like he challenges the status quo. Absolutely. And yeah, you got to, I guess, challenge your own status quo at some point. I mean, whether or not this is what happened, it's a cool idea to think about. Yeah. I mean, I just remember the guitars being like really like hard rock sounding, like crunchy, you know, like, you know, metal zone kind of tone. Like that's a little disappointing to hear, but but in context, it just like, and that was my uh, initial reaction. Mm -hmm. But then thinking more about it, and the show as a whole and like those types of feelings are, I think what makes him so great. He goes for that. 
He, he does. <laughs> he goes for that. It's really, I mean. It's I kind of go for that too. It's just like, I kind of want people to feel uncomfortable a little bit. Like, I want people to enjoy it, but I or want to be challenged. Challenged, yeah, challenged for sure. I think it's a lot to ask, man, of people, but I, I want to continue yeah. to do that as well. Like, when we come out with a record, I'm always like, no one's going to like, who, who has the time to sit down and listen to an entire record front to back and give it a real, give it a real listen. Give it yeah. a listen. Be present and actually actively listen to what's happening and try and make some sense of it. Totally. Like, I, I feel like that's too much to ask. It, it, it is. And I, I mean, I like it, to do it. Well, I do too. But I mean, you think about mainstream, how music is consumed now. It's funny. It's kind of gone back to, you know, the record labels now again have a formula like with the with the invention of the cd and with like grunge and all this stuff like people really started to experiment with the full record kind of like they did in the 70s mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying like when the, all the prog shit happened before that it was like okay we're gonna produce singles so like obviously before the lp there was the seven inches so and it was a single culture and they would produce formulas like oh that's a hit we'll mm-hmm. re- re- reproduce this hit with a different artist and a different like uh of uh, you know like whatever rhythm or chord progression or whatever but it's still the reminiscent of the hit so there's mm-hmm. a formula and then the hippies fucking threw that out the window and then it kind of like, you know, the 80s, it got, became more formulaic again with the with more pop music. conceptualized. And, yeah, yeah, but it was like, you know, you had like the shit like Huey Lewis in the news and mm-hmm. it's like, we're going to make these hits. Oh, then, blah, blah, blah. yeah, then the hits started banging then, out. And yeah. then like the 90s, like with the introduction of the CD, people were able to like put, you know, make a two hour record or some shit. So like the, it cycled back again. And now I, and then the you know fucking two, early 2000 it's this weird flow yeah and now I we're know. in this now vinyl sales are gonna reach like a billion dollars this year or yeah something. but on the contrary of that at the same time itunes and streaming culture is like it's back to the hits mm-hmm. it's like people aren't buying as many full yeah. albums digitally which is the main mm-hmm. way people consume music but there's this there's flip side streaming. of it that people are buying records so there is an audience for it, but yeah. uh, mainstream appeal, maybe not so much. Yeah, it's, I mean, I, I'm guilty of it too, especially having oh, access to Everybody. the, the uh, you know, the libraries on, I use iTunes, mm-hmm. Apple Music. Yeah. But like having access to so much, it's, it's hard to just be just chill on one album. Yeah. Bro, don't. Well, bro, I mean, <laughs> like, out. think about YouTube. It's like, you just go down this YouTube rabbit hole and there's so much mm-hmm. to discover. There's so much to discover. And it's like, fuck, man, like, why would I just sit and listen to a whole album when I could, like, listen to, like, the dopest parts of, like, five albums? Right. Right at the same yeah, you know? Yeah, like, exactly. Yeah. <sighs> yeah, it's a, it's a weird world we live in. But, again, like, the it's thing still, we were saying. We're still sorting it out. I mean, I, I would feel, say I, so. I feel like it, it'll be all right. The crazy thing is that anybody can make a record for virtually no money at all. That shit is awesome. I think it's amazing. I think it's, I mean, it's enabled you and I both to do what we do. Totally, man. But it's, at the same time, who's going to filter through the shit? Yeah, who's going to go through every Bandcamp page and like find the cool shit? I've been, I've actually been doing that to an extent. I've been doing these mixes for 
this podcast kind of series. It's kind of the podcast came out of the mixes, but it was like I would just try to like put tag words in Bandcamp and find like bands that just mm. have like these little small like maybe two records or a couple singles and that have dope shit and then make mixes out of those cool bands that are kind of coming up that I thought were tight and then like put it out through levitation so there's like better audience oh, you know cool. what I'm saying so it was like hopefully maybe like people would discover these new bands because like for me it's like that's my favorite shit is yeah. discovering this, this discovering new music man yeah. it's like whether it's like digging through old dusty basement and finding some weird old record or like scouring the internet like that was the thing about myspace days which is like you could just you know see whose people's you know you had your myspace band friends or whatever and then their top five mm -hmm. would be like their homies so then yeah. you could just go find all this cool music and connect with people and like do like the diy tour thing it was like it's pretty cool man yeah i i mean i, I think it's i think it's fantastic but i just we haven't figured out how to how to the the compensation scheme as far as like supporting full-time artists because there's more people that can create music for nothing there's more competition for those that yeah are trying to make a living doing it yeah and so, once you put it for free you know you put the streaming sites up it's like and everyone wants their shit to be heard like yeah. but yeah it's just figuring out how to monetize it and i it's like it's kind of disgusting but yeah i mean i think how else saying, are you going to be supported for what you know for making music i mean i th i think now the game is touring and licensing yeah so i and you know that's just kind of the reality uh, obviously the streaming thing is huge and i think people are challenging like the industry the streaming industry because artists are getting ripped dude they're getting so ripped um but, you know, I mean, before that, there was Napster, and, like, people were just downloading the music. Mm -hmm. And, and like, I, I guess I'm to the point where, like, I would love to be able to make music or, like, make money from music, but it's, like, if a bunch of people stream my shit and, and listen to music and then want me to come to their city and pay me, like, $1,000 to mm -hmm. play a show, then I'm kind of like, what? I don't know. I, you know, I don't know. Well, uh, like now that there's only like the only way we get paid aside from playing shows is BMI or whatever. I'm our not publisher even signed is. up with any You're of that not, shit. Huh? Yeah, I don't even have publishing or anything. I'm, my, so my, my, that's just bullshit anyway. Like my check, whack. yeah, the checks are just like fucking insignificant yeah. anyway. And then and the, they don't really explain how they're getting these numbers. Like mm -hmm. you just look at the statement says like oh this you know number plays played in what part of the world yeah. you know through what media outlet but then the dollar number that is on that same line is like you know cents i mean my checks are like cents yeah, yeah. but then that adds up and but it's just like how is what is this is like meant this is designed to just confuse me yeah. go, oh okay yeah it's well it's I money do like the diag uh like the aspect of like it's showing you the um um, like all the metrics and stuff though because then you can be like oh well shit our shit is popping in like Brazil yeah, maybe yeah, we should go cool. contact some promoters in Brazil but and you try don't, to see if we can yeah but know. you don't need BMI to do that that's for true. you you can get that information for the analytics in your Facebook in your and all that stuff. social media yeah social media and Bandcamp and all that stuff too yeah I don't know I just don't think we need the those people anymore I mean we need some either the artists monitor 
it, it themselves. Mm-hmm. Like there's some open source program where they can yeah. track everywhere that has played their music. Totally. And then they, each company pays the artist directly. Yeah. Whereas now it's like the label pays for it or, or whoever owns the master, yeah. I guess. But the people that don't have labels, they're just, they're yeah, getting they're fucked. Kind of fucked, yeah. But they're also maybe not under some contractual agreements that it, like a 360 I mean, deal that just yeah. kind of like blows it for everybody, you know? I heard that um, like, you know, Hollywood's kind of going through this too with streaming for television and shit like that. So, you know, and they have a union, writers unions and stuff like mm-hmm. that. And so there's actually work being done to try to change that for TV royalties for writers and everyone involved because of the new kind of platform. So hopefully something like that will happen for music. I don't know. I, yeah. I really don't know. I don't know. I'm not going to wait around for it, though. I'm not either. I'm just going to go try to tour and make a couple hundred bucks here and there. <laughs> yeah. dude. Just be a bum. <laughs> yeah, um, dude, that's, like we said, that is like, that's a life choice. It is a life choice. That will pay off in many ways. J.J. Kale? Yeah. Well, yeah, That's a, this is a... Shall we? This is a porch jam. This is a porch jam. So let's go. Let's go chill on the porch and smoke right. some weed, <laughs> and it. listen to JJ Kale while we do it. So I've, everyone knows JJ Kale. This track is Crazy Mama, and uh, we'll talk about it when we get back when we're nice and high. All right. One, two, three, four.
yeah, drum machines and guitars. One of my favorite combos. Uh, like especially like clean acoustic guitars mm-hmm. or like just a clean electric guitar yeah. over that. Oh my god! And then to build over that is great. But I like the spaciousness of that John Cale track or JJ Cale track. It's it's just got his stuff. It's like how can you be so mellow? Like. <laughs> Like, do you think I want to be Kale that mellow. Ever wilds be- out. Like, what if he's like the violent alcoholic drunk? Like, when, but when he puts on the guitar, it's like, <laughs> dude, I, yeah, it's hard to believe that he could be like that. So much restraint, <laughs> so much restraint in his music. And it's like, that mm-hmm. I think is what really gets me about him is, we close that door behind you? Yeah. I don't even know if it's going to make a difference, but it's like, might have chose the wrong part of the house, but, oh, well, yeah. um, yeah, it's like the amount of restraint. Because for me, when I make music, like it's like the type of music I make, I want it to be like brooding, kind of. And I'm still trying to understand restraint, mm-hmm. you know? Because like, it's like that dynamic is so intriguing of like just like tension and release, you know? Mm-hmm. It's, which I think you guys do a great job at. Like building up to like, you know, like this, this real tension and then just like boom, like heavy. Yeah, no, that's definitely, I definitely try and do that as much as possible i mean i i like i mean it's one thing to like structure a song in that way Mm -hmm. but it's another to do with just like drone or like a single note i know you do that a lot which which i i love because there's so many nuances that happen like in with like oscillating synthesizers totally totally uh that's like it's just this interplay of just like yeah floating it, between these and every time you listen yeah. to it you you hear it in a different way it's totally, like I, totally. I love that about simple ambient music texture man it's all about texture you know it's just like this that's why i think like you go back to these german dudes like um you know, they were doing the, the kraut stuff mm-hmm. and, you know, the cluster like and noise. Yeah. And the more ambient side of that. And obviously what, you know, kind of started doing was like, man, they were just so focused on the texture and like you would, you'd have all these rhythms too within the movement of these different oscillating things and like loops and tape loops and stuff like that, that all just kind of like, they would like work and then they kind of fall out and then they, and it's just like this exploratory mm-hmm. vibe that is so fucking cool, man. I love it. Yeah. I uh, I feel like we should listen to Sun or Rock. <laughs> yeah, I I think that's a good call, man. Yeah, <laughs> After that, that, I mean, it's a brief it's a brief little discussion. I don't know how we yeah. went from JJ Kale to Sun or Rock. Well, but. yeah, well, we were talking, yeah, minimalism, I guess, or just like spaciousness. Yeah, but this is, I mean, this this track is like it's pretty. It gets pretty busy, I feel, but it builds. And it builds. It gets ooh. harsh at the end, which is cool. Which, yeah, but it's. I mean, I just. You know, I had always, I always, since I was like in my early 20s, I hated reggae music for a while because of like, just like the connotation to some of the like Bob Marley fans. But that was before I really knew that much about reggae and like got into it, then got into like Rocksteady and Dub. And then, and then, you know, I hear now you're coming Rock. back to Bob Marley. <laughs> Cause, dude, I've been com- I coming back Bob to Marley. Bob Marley, dude. Because I, I, I could you be loved? the same way. Is my jam, dude. That is my jam. The Not stuff that he did with Lee Perry, it of course. Is, yeah, that Whaler shit is amazing, dude. But anyways, but yes. then Son of Ra, how he interprets reggae music is 
brilliant, I think. And dub music. It's great. I call him uh, Lee Scratch Perry Como. <laughs> there you go, man. He's definitely, yeah, like some white freak from yeah. LA. But Have I, you heard I, the I've record never... they did with the, uh, with the Congos? Yes. That shit is sick, that's, too, That's man. really, really... That, that Freakways series is great. There's a couple other, like know. every one they do, I think there's like 12 of them now. Oh, shit. Really? Every one they do is a collaboration. There's one Ooh. with, um, another one of my out. favorites is uh, Blues Control and Laraji. I don't know. Laraji. Laraji's the synth, the atmospheric guy, right? Atmospheric, yeah. he plays a dulcimer. I did like see, I've seen Brian, that, you know? I've seen that, uh, I've seen that cover. It's like the, it's like a black cover Maybe and like they're red. on like, yeah, with red on it. Yeah. Like, yeah, I've seen that record and I was like, I recognize that guy's name, but I don't know if I know Blues Control. Blues Control, I, they're from. Sounds familiar. I think maybe Brooklyn or, um, but yeah, they're just like a jam band kind of okay. thing, like heavy, like kind of uh it sounds improvised but yeah. really uh you know epic tracks but cool. it's a really cool and it and it sounds very improvisational that particular record with laraji but anyway yeah the freakways thing is great you should check that out i will i there's will there's a couple other ones right some synth. there's like a juliana barwick one. Oh, cool um and then this other synth synth um, god synth queen synth, yeah. synth <laughs> goddess um yeah so shall we listen to sun Ra with Do the we... deep temple all right
He just seems like... Oh, sorry. Yeah. Iron Man. Oh, that was a deep, deep temple cut. I, Selassie, I, uh, I and I. You know, I, I got the same birthday as uh, I, Selassie, I. Who's that? He was the, um, like, he was the prophet of the, uh, of the Rastafarian religion. Really? I need to yeah. read up on Rastafarianism. I, tro- I heard it's, like, very similar to Christianity. It is. It's a form of Christianity, and I don't know that much about it. I've, I've been, there's parts of that religion that I, like, they're so homophobic. And, like, that could not, that yeah. could be not just the, the, um, Rastafarian thing it could be like you know whatever kind of social thing in Jamaica but the, and it's pretty misogynistic and like the, that culture's kind of got some aspects to it that I'm just like ah but mm-hmm. god damn y'all make some good music yeah and and so is weed like it, it's like a, a part of the religion it's like it's a, a sacrament, sacrament. yeah okay. so it's like a holy sacrament which I think is you know kind of similar to what we were talking about how weed like kind of like puts you in this zone it's like that shit, man, like, it makes life really real, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, you really, like, people want to act like you're, like, like, weed's this, like, escapism or whatever. And I guess it could be used that for that. But, like, mm-hmm. if you smoke really good weed, dude, you're coming in confrontation with your demons. That's why so Absolute. many people don't smoke weed anymore. Yeah. Because they're like, it. I get too paranoid. That's it's it. like, you know why? You need to face that you're shit. Facing, you need to face that shit. Yeah. <laughs> dude, so true. absolutely, it's man. so true. Like, yeah, most of my band doesn't smoke weed. Yeah, and not to say that they have any more demons than I do. No, but everybody's like, got everybody's got that shit, man. No, it's perfect, man. But I, yeah, it's just like the the confronting of them is is it's hard, but it's like you gotta. I feel like inevitably you have to confront them, whether it's eventually. on your deathbed yeah. or you know, get that shit out of the way early, man. Then enjoy your life. Just Hell like yeah. yeah, you know, there's some aspects of my life that are just horribly tragic. But I had this idea last night that was like you. I was when I was kind of like going through it and I was like the idea of like dancing through the pain. You know what I'm saying? Like this idea that like life is suffering, the Buddhist kind of concept, life is suffering, but you have to partake in the suffering and actually like go through it gracefully. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like this whole be here now type of thing. And it like kind of hit me in this moment of clarity. I was like, yeah, dude, like the idea of like dancing through the pain like, you know, like you know, working when you're fucking hurt and like all these things, it's like, it's just, it's what life is. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? It's, mm-hmm. it's, uh, it's beautiful, but it's hard. Yeah. It's fucking it, weird, man. It, yeah, no, it's, it's, it's super hard. I can't, I mean, like not to get like dark, but like Chris Cornell dying the other day. Yeah. yeah. Like fucking was suicide, like suicide, man. Well, yeah. But then, then I was hearing something about how oh, he shit. scandal. Well, apparently he was on some anti-anxiety meds, oh, and shit. I'm not trying to gossip or like I mean, contribute like, to the rumor mill, but yeah. like, or this is just what I heard. I don't I mean, know no what's one's true. No this shit. Yeah. <laughs> <It's like five laughs> to the one other person that's yeah. listening to this. No, I just I just heard that it might not have been suicide. Like he might have just been too fucked up on like he took too many of his anti-anxiety huh. meds. But he freaked whatever out it was. Like yeah, he was he was face to face with a moment where he thought yeah. that he had to take his life. Dude, that I mean, if Which you listen back fucking... Black Hole Sun, that's a, that's a dark <laughs> song, bro. That dude had some shit, Oh, you no know? doubt. I mean, everyone does though. Exactly. Everyone. And it's subjective, you know, everyone has their subjective Even the fucking Dalai Lama, I'm sure has some demons. Dude, he's probably got so much stress. Just like, you know, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Just like imagine being like, okay, 
you're reincarnated like you're as a child oh you you pointed towards a certain toy you're you're the one that's been reincarnated here's this huge load yeah. all upon your shoulders that you have to like be this like wise person it's just like yeah i mean responsibility yeah. yeah yeah i guess that's crazy to be a role model but i think everyone has responsibility to be an upstanding human yeah it you really do rest in peace chris cornell spoon, you know the original spoon man dude i so i kind of like spoon man Dude, I love that whole record. I was it's, into it, kind of. I wasn't as into it as some of those other bands, but I was like, I remember getting it. I got it for my friend for his birthday back in the day, and we were jamming on it. But it was like, Spoon Man I was feeling. Black Hole Sun was cool. I don't, obviously, those were the singles. So, yeah. uh, fell on black days. <laughs> what about that one? <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. That one, too. I remember that one. I just the the thing that sticks with me about Soundgarden. I'm not trying to like make fun of the, the dude who's just deceased, but like <laughs> the voice, the oh, okay, absolutely. It has a Eddie Vedder, same same deal. Yeah. Okay, so I was thinking about this the other day, <laughs> and I think, do you think it's possible that the bands that were in, heavily influenced by Pearl Jam and Soundgarden mm -hmm. that came after those bands. They ruined it. They ruined it. Like they, the Creed and all these like and really Nickelback bad. and like yeah. the rrp, rrp, rrp got out of hand. Yeah. Well, you know what's hilarious is when they make fun of it on that uh, Parks and Rec show. <laughs> Dudes, the the one guy's got the band called like Mouse Rat or some <laughs> shit, and he would just like get the acoustic guitar and it's so dead on. <clears throat> yeah, dude. Another another funny show in Portlandia where the uh, Carrie Brownstein's like dating this guy that is like super charming and like they really c connected and vibing and then mm -hmm. but he has an Eddie Vedder tattoo on his arm and every time it starts getting hot and heavy and he like <laughs> takes off his shirt and she sees the Eddie Vedder tattoo and then she just starts hearing like <laughs> and then she just is super bummed out. Uh, I don't know. Maybe can you put your shirt back on, dude? That's a good segue into the next song. Um, oh. Pearl Jam, Jeremy. Just <laughs> I'm definitely influenced by the. Rrrp. I got I, I got a little. Rrrp. It comes out every once in a while. I can see that. You can't really like if you consume all the sounds that you hear, even that fucking staple gun over yeah. there. It's gonna come out some way. Shit, yeah. I'll sample that and make it a snare drum. Hell dude. yeah, dude. <laughs> that sounds Put sick. some reverb on yeah. it, some slap back. Hell yeah. Um, well, so do have to kind of wrap up. Okay. Unfortunately, I'm, I really appreciate you coming through, man. Oh, it's been so much fun, dude. I yeah. could do this for another two hours. I know, sure. me too. I, I, I wish I didn't have uh, previous engagements, but I will. I'm just going to kind of like make a little playlist of the rest of the songs and just throw them on and then people have a pod half podcast and then half a mixtape <laughs> sound dude i i'll i would listen to it yeah man well what 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 uh what song do you want to do you want to kind of start off the little uh the little the, playlist we got some guided by voices we got some John. That's it. That has. That's a good transition to. He's a little rur. Yeah, you know, I never fuck with Guided by Voices, but I have so many friends that love Guided by Voices, and this track, it's like a weird like. 
if Sid Barrick was like punk, totally. like did like was around during punk or some shit. Totally, it's you, so cool. Like, they've got like you can hear the tape. Yeah, horrible. I think this record they did entirely on like a four track. Okay, like Task Cam. Well, they were kind of, that was kind of their thing. They were like it, they were spearheaded kind of a lot of the lo-fi stuff back in the nine, 90s and 2000s i guess was yeah I, I don't really know like 80s? their work their work is i mean daunting they like got this. fucking so, like 50 albums yeah, or some shit yeah it's hard to know where to dive in um that's been a, a point of of like kind of like me getting into it is like where do i start because yeah. i never had anyone that was like you got to hear this record yeah it was kind of like okay i know guided by voices i know that they have this vast body of work i know people that like them but i never really like took the initiative to be like where should i start you know? yeah and this is a good starting point for me i'm very stoked to be introduced via this song because weed king is the name of the track it's very relevant to i, uh, I thought to our be good <laughs> current <segue>. climate <laughs> um but yeah, did you did you want to say anything else? Uh, no, just uh, thanks for having me on, man. It's, Dude, I've Brett, been wanting you, to man. do one of these for a while. And, Hell yeah, it'll um, be great. And we'll we'll get it all like lined up with the uh, the record coming out. Say the record again. Record, uh, Sleepy Sun, Private Tales comes out June 9th. All right, so cool. we'll I don't know if it'll it be out by the time this comes out, but we'll wait and uh, we can actually we can talk to like your team and be like when would be the ideal and yeah. then line it up with levitation and just do it at the best Sweet. time because we just do them weekly and since i'm on tour right now uh been slacking yeah on no putting worries. them out no but worries. uh been... so yeah i think after the records out is probably best maybe like middle june or something like that cool awesome. thank you man all right man well uh right, let's dude. let's uh take them out on guided by voices and then uh i'll procure the rest of the songs into a nice little playlist for the people Thank you, Al. Thank you. Good Brett. luck to you, man. You too, man. Cheers. Don't live rockathon. Offspring and tagalongs we're finding. The history book has lost its binding. Pages everywhere. To titans without care we read. Collect
got brains, you just don't use them, that's all. Boys got brains, just refuse to use them, and that's all. He says, The more I get to thinking, the less I tend to laugh. The boys got brains, it just abstains. Got a heart, but it beats on his opposite side. It's a strange phenomenon the laws of nature defined. He said it's a chance I had to take. So I shifted my heart for its safety's sake. The boy's got a heart, but it beats on his opposite. Oh, Marion, I think I'm in trouble here. I should have believed you when I heard you sing it. The only time that love is an easy game is when two other people
Can y'all hear that bass? Oh, the drop's coming. Hold up. Oh. Oh shit, here it comes. Oh shit, it's the build up. Whoa, whoa, here it comes. Oh shit, oh shit. So, I'm in a hotel room where I thought I was going to have some peace and quiet to record the outro to this podcast, but apparently there's a rave beneath me that is going on for another two and a half hours. I was hoping to get some sleep to drive uh, 14 hours tomorrow, but I'm not gonna. But you know what? Sometimes you just gotta deal with life as it is bestowed upon you. That was very poetic, I know. Um, But yeah, that was my interview with uh, Brett Constantino from Sleepy Sun. Hope you liked it. I had fun with that one. I realized I was talking a lot now, and and I wonder if I'm talking too much in these and not letting people talk enough. I just really want to bounce ideas off people, and I think that's sometimes why I'm so talkative. Going back and editing editing these is um, it's a good bit of context to how I approach these types of things and uh, it's good for self-analysis I think but I'd like to hear your opinions about it if you give a fuck you know you can tweet me at cool L lover all one word let me know uh, if I'm running hot at the mouth or you know if I, I'm doing a good you know, good job of uh, you know, directing the conversation. I don't know. I'm always down for constructive criticism uh, and pure haterism. You know, I think that's I think that can, can be a positive thing too. So if you're gonna hate, fucking uh, bring it. But anyways, so these last uh, few songs, I'm just gonna give them down the list. You can uh, read them too in the. English language uh, in the body of the information that will be revealed to you when you scroll down on the SoundCloud link or uh, on the iTunes podcast app. Guided by Voices, Weed King, A Place to Bury Strangers Deeper, John Carpenter, Escape from New York Theme. Dire Straits, Water of Love, Paul Simon, Minus Garfunkel, O. Marion, Roy Orbison in Dreams, and John Hassel, Hassel, Toucan Ocean, great selections from Brett, Uh, I'm really stoked that he came through and uh, bless me with this interview because it was a great time it was good to get a chance to know him a little better and just vibe that's what i love about this project is you can just get to know people better and just vibe and uh, that's a special thing being able to vibe 
vibe. I don't know if you guys can hear it, but it sounds crazy when I say the word vibe. So I'm drunk by myself in a hotel room, so I'm gonna stop now and let y'all enjoy the rest of your day. I love you. Uh, I'm gonna steal this from another podcast that I really enjoy that I can't remember the name of, but if you made it this far, you're my favorites. Bitten. All right. Peace, y'all. Elevated Transmissions Podcast. I'm Al Lover. I love you, each and every one of you. Thanks for listening. Peace.